This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Tuesday, May 12th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how'd your weekend go? Uh, went well. Uh, I was at a, another wedding. Uh, went well. Uh, got to see another group of people I haven't seen since college. That's always fun. Yeah, the wedding season going on already, huh? Yep. Yeah, more uh, of the have summer. Some early or? this year. Uh, got one more. Uh, one of my uh, partner's coworkers. She's doing her civil union or whatnot. I guess it's a marriage. I'm not sure. I have to look into details of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have. I don't know how many weddings this summer. A handful for sure. Um, I just found out that I am on Wednesday going to head up to Seattle for one of the games in the Vetter Cup. Are you familiar with the Vetter Cup? I'm not. Uh, the Vetter Cup is the term given to the quote-unquote rivalry between the San Diego Padres and the Seattle Mariners. Ah. <laughs> because I guess when interleague play started, Bud Selig was like, oh yeah, all these natural rivalries that are going to happen, like... St. Louis and Kansas City and, like, the Chicago teams and the New York teams and, like, the Mariners and the Padres. And everyone was like, what? It's not really a rivalry at all. <laughs> uh, they share a spring training facility. And so everybody thought it was really silly because these teams are not really rivals. But it's called the Vetter Cup after Eddie Vetter because he lived in Seattle and he lived in San Diego. So it's like which city gets to claim him, even though he's a Cubs fan. So it does, none of it makes sense. It's all very tongue in cheek. It's very silly, uh, about this supposed rivalry between the Padres <laughs> and the Mariners, but I get to go Fake to Seattle. Rivalries. Yeah. That's <laughs> always fun. Yeah. We talked about in Monday's episode that, um, Wednesday's game was maybe, was going to be Odrisamer Despagne at Rowena Salias, which are, Two Cuban pitchers that Matt and I both have had a lot of fun with on this podcast so far. And it almost was going to be that matchup, but now it's going to be James Shields at Elias. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we got robbed a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to see that. It should still be fun. Um, my first major league game this summer. So that's uh, my plans for Wednesday, and I'm excited about that. Um, we're going to look at DFS picks for Tuesday, though, uh, coming up here. Uh, got plenty of games on Tuesday, looks like. Yep, there's 14 of them. Uh, there's one, uh, Cardinals game. Uh, it's, uh, Cardinals and Indians. Starts at 610. Just one of those frustrating, why aren't you in the main slate of games? Yeah. Uh, and that one includes Carlos Carrasco. So I'm a little sad, uh, anyone who follows my work knows I'm a big fan of Carrasco and he does have a 4.71 ERA, but his peripherals are all there. Yeah. He's been he's been better than that looks for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, who do you like at catcher for uh, for Tuesday? I pulled out a couple guys. Uh, most of them are on the cheaper end too. Uh, there's uh, Derek Norris has the platoon advantage, and that's always good when you can find that. He's up against uh, James Paxton, who's looked a little shaky this year. Uh, not quite as sharp as uh, most of us were hoping. And so there could be some opportunity there for uh, some pop. Uh, also have uh, Sal Perez. He's up against a ground ball pitcher. He likes those. And that would be uh, Nick Martinez. And, you know, I, 
Nick Martinez is pitching well, obviously. He's got a 1.47 ERA through six starts. Uh, you don't do that without you know, doing something right. At the same time, he doesn't strike out anybody. It's all balls in play, and uh, you know Perez could definitely take advantage of that, especially in a hitter-friendly stadium. Yeah, Matt and I were talking about not believing in Nick Martinez, you know, who's put up remarkable numbers so far, but not buying it at all. You know, it's just all the peripheral numbers, all the traditional wisdom says not a thing, you know. I don't know. I assume you agree as well. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. He reminds me a little bit of, uh, I forget if it was last year or the year before, Scott Feldman just got out to a quick start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kept putting up good game after good game. And, you know, sometimes you have these really mediocre guys. They don't really have anything that even shows up in the peripherals. But when they're on and they're locked in, they can still, you know, get through games and get on a run. Then you'll see them get beat up by just like a minor injury or even just, you know, something like strange, like, uh, like a bereavement list leave mm-hmm. and you know they'll come back and it's just they're what we expected them to be you know, yeah. they're back to just mediocrity yeah i was saying i believe in aaron harang way more than i believe in yeah, nick absolutely. martinez and i've already said that you know gone over plenty of times that aaron harang makes me really nervous but okay so at catcher i like the steven vote gets masterson mm-hmm. but you're gonna have to pay for it jason castro gets chris heston which is okay you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I like Derek Norris with James uh, yeah. Paxton for sure. Getting uh, getting a lefty is always good for him. So I kind of like that matchup for the Padres. Yeah, and I also made note of uh, Yasmani Grandel against uh, Dan Heron. Yeah, uh, Heron's a fly ball pitcher. Grandel be swinging at a right field fence, which isn't terrible for uh, Dodger Stadium. Uh, there's uh, it allows some power. Uh, so unlike the uh, left field fence, is definitely a negative for right-handed hitters. Yeah, I feel like uh, Yasmani's becoming one of those guys that you can trust almost every day. You know, he's a switch hitter, which helps, you know, mm-hmm. and they, he's part of a good lineup, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, he's almost always an option. Even though he's a switch hitter, they tend to sit him against lefties just because they want to get A.J. Ellis repetitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... He's turned into kind of like a pure lefty for the time being, uh, just because he hardly ever gets to face those uh, southpaw pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing to point out, after that huge game last week, which I was lucky enough to have on my lineup, uh, it seems like a lot of DFS owners are in on him. I happened to grab him last night and noticed he had like a 29% ownership rate when no one else in the Dodgers stack was above like 8%. Mm-hmm. that's happening i don't know it's maybe it's not the best pick if you're doing like a gpp or something like that okay how about at first base i had six names of guys i liked uh, a, f- a few of them more than others obviously i jotted um, down five okay yeah there's often a lot of a lot of options at first base and i often say that when there's a, a lot of options i kind of like to go with that position last and kind of <laughs> fill in what works um Pedro Alvarez gets Sean O'Sullivan. Sean, I don't even love Pedro Alvarez, but Sean O'Sullivan's so bad, you know. That yeah, that's anybody that's a in very the Pod- Yeah, anybody in the Pirate stack, you know, I'd, I'd be fine with it. He's, you know, he's right-handed, so left-handed batters are better, but he's bad enough. I'm not sure it matters that much, you know. So if there are Pirates hitters you like, I'm okay with that. 
Um, and before you go on, uh, one thing about Pirates hitters or uh, just hitters who usually have a terrible stadium mm-hmm. uh, at home like PNC Park, uh, when they're on the road at some place like uh, Philadelphia, their values are largely based on, or they have baked in numbers from poor parks. And so there's a, a small opportunity for uh, better production. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, it's kind Draft of Kings does a better job of uh, accounting for that in their pricing. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of the chorus guys, uh, mm-hmm. the Rockies, like feeling worried about paying full price for them on the road. You know, it's yeah, it's absolutely. good for uh, Padres guys or Pittsburgh guys or things like that. Um, I still like Joey Votto, kids, uh, Fulton Evich, who could certainly have the talent to be a good major league pitcher at some point. He throws real hard, but he hasn't really shown it yet. And he can be wild. So even if Votto doesn't take him deep, you know, can get some walks off of him. I'm fairly convinced he's a reliever. Uh, I don't really see enough out of his repertoire. I mean, there. He could be a good reliever, too. Yeah, he could be a very good reliever now, even. But yeah. there's countless cases of guys who, you know, secondary stuff isn't really there, and you know, suddenly it is, and they're great pitchers. So yeah. he could definitely follow that path. So uh, Reds could do fine against him, and my favorite there is Joey Votto, obviously. I've kind of really liked uh, Prince Fielder so far this year. He only has, <laughs> I think, three homers and 15 RBIs or something, which has really kept his value down, but he's been pretty sneaky good at the plate, you know. He has, like, eight doubles and hitting well over 300, like, builds a pretty good OPS for himself. Um, and I think that the Texas lineup's bad, but those homers and those RBIs will come just if he continues to be good in the heart of the order. And he gets Edinson Volquez, who is fine, you know, not... Yeah, he's doing well, but I, if you believe in Prince Fielder, and I do, you know, I don't know that Prince Fielder's gonna become a 40 homer monster again, but it's gonna be a fine major league hitter, you know, it's gonna have certainly has pop potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him. Uh, not necessarily the, the bust out in this game, but there's no reason to avoid it, and his price has stayed low. So, I like Prince Fielder. Um, Eric Hosmer gets Nick Martinez, we wonder why Nick Martinez is not. Uh, a guy to shy away from. Uh, Anthony Rizzo gets Noah Syndergaard in his debut. That's going to be a fun game. I think a lot of people are excited to see Noah Syndergaard uh, and what he can do. And those, even even those elite prospects, you know, it's, anybody in their major league start comes with a fair amount of risk. And Anthony Rizzo oh, yeah. has really established himself as kind of a first-round talent. And I was admittedly not on board that much. Other people liked Anthony Rizzo more than I did. And he's been awesome. Especially with the stolen bases, you know, the disciplines there, the powers there, the contacts that, like, I don't know. He, he's become an elite hitter already. He's like 25, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that could go a lot of ways, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did some damage to Syndergaard if he does not well in his, does not do well in his debut. And then uh, I also have Ike Davis against Masterson, except uh, he actually got hurt yesterday. Yeah, he's so, banged up. Yeah, so I don't know if he's going to start. So I would actually cross him off my own list. If he gets in, sure. Um, he he was in the slam dunk pick anyway. If he plays, he'd be okay. But you would have to definitely keep an eye and make sure he gets in the game. Um, did I cover the guys you had? 
I have a couple others. Uh, one of those, uh, actually two of them, uh, same team, uh, Jose Abreu and Adam LaRoche against uh, Mike Fires. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a uh, game at Milwaukee. Uh, it's a hitter's park. Uh, Fires is a fly ball pitcher. Uh, really comes down to that. Abreu is very good against fly ball pitchers. Uh, mm-hmm. OPS over 1,000. Uh, LaRoche's numbers are you know, not as gaudy, but they're still good. It's really all there is to it. It's a decent matchup. Uh, another guy I picked out, uh, mostly just on a platoon matchup, is uh, Mike Napoli. He's been uh, a little slow starting this year. Looks like he's kind of coming around at the plate in terms of uh, you know making some better contact, squaring it up. And a lot of it's uh, uh, BAPIP if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's up against Drew Pomeranz, so have the platoon advantage. Uh, I know you like Pomeranz a lot. I'm a little... If you're on him, I'm not sure if he's a starter or a reliever. Yeah, uh, he's, he's definitely a major leaguer. I'm just not sure what role he's uh, best suited for. My enthusiasm has been waning as he continues to be not as good as I'd hoped. You know, it's a uh, it's a repertoire thing. He's really got two pitches that he works with that are you know that he can trust. Uh, so any time hitter works his way into uh, a good count, he can just cross off most of the pitches in the guy's repertoire. Yeah. Um, as for Mike Napoli, that's a guy that, uh, in an earlier episode, I had touted as somebody I think I can do just fine, and a listener uh, disagreed with me, and I, I welcomed the, the discourse, and I tried to back up Mike Napoli and be like, hey, it's going to be fine, you know, with a lot of power, and so far I'm on the wrong side of that one, um, and I think he can do better than he has done so far, for sure. Uh, there's definitely a talented bat and a lot of potential there, but... It's been a tough season for Mike Napoli so far. I see him as uh, a version of that uh, Adrian Beltre story we keep telling. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I used Beltre yesterday. I got a modest payout go. on that. There you uh, go. So yeah. That worked. Uh, but N- Napoli's a little bit different in that he's has so many strikeouts and walks. It's a little... Makes his profile a little shaky for DFS. You like to see a lot more uh, contact and balls put in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm just hoping he helps me save face on a guy I tried to defend in back and not not doing well so far. I was second base. I didn't have that many names at second base. Noted five. None of them are, like, guys that I'm really excited about mm-hmm. in any way. Uh, there's uh, D. Gordon. He's up against Mike Bolsinger. And uh, Bolsinger is a two-pitch guy. Uh, fastball tops out around 88. It's a cutter. Uh, that's how he gets by with the two pitches. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one's a curve. There's <laughs> not too much there to be really concerned about. Yeah, uh, I could definitely see Gordon put five balls in play. Sometimes that means four or five hits for him. You know, it's just you're flipping the dice on those uh, looking for singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D. Gordon's been just fine. Uh, more than oh, that. Yeah. That's sorry. That is completely underselling what he's done <laughs> so far. He's been it's, incredible. Uh, it's all, I mean, it's all BABIP, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It, you, you have to decide how high you think the BABIP is going to be. And it's going to be high. Yeah. But, if, you, but you still have to decide how much you want to pay for that. He never showed us some, like, discipline or whatever before. Like, no. yeah, he broke out last year. But if D. Gordon hit 235 the rest of the way, you'd be a little surprised, but you wouldn't be blown away, you know. You'd be like, yeah, he's not that good of a hitter, you right. know. But if he hits 290 the rest of the way, I'd also be like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's progressed. He's, I don't know. I, w- if I were owning D Gordon right now, I'd be selling real quick. I actually <laughs> traded him off, you know, halfway through last year too. 
Uh, yeah. He's capable of keeping up the Babbitt, but I wouldn't bank on it. But Roy Jones hot, and I'm fine with starting him against, you know, Mike Bolsinger, for sure. Uh, he's a good option. You'll have to pay for it, but that's fine. I had uh, Dustin Pedroia at Drew Pomeranz. Yeah. And Mookie Betts, if he qualifies for you, nothing wrong with that either. And then uh, I also had DJ LeMayhew gets CJ Wilson. And yeah, it's a chorus guy away from chorus. And it's also a chorus guy that relies on Babbitt. So you may not be getting a full value out of that. But at least he gets a left-hander in CJ Wilson. And I think things could go okay. That okay sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, he's... Yeah, I think he could be okay, but I don't know. Hard to be excited about him. Any other second baseman you liked better than those options? I jotted down Devin Travis uh, against Chris Tillman, and it, there's no platoon advantage there. Travis is just a, a sweet swinging hitter and mm-hmm. hits at the top of a good Blue Jays stack. Tillman's been iffy. Yes, he uh, has. Can can get into trouble. Uh, Travis has displayed a lot more power than anyone really expected from him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's potential there. And at a position where we're kind of just going, eh, about every player, uh, there's nothing wrong with picking a guy who you know, looks like perhaps the most talented in the day. Yeah. Uh, aside and from we... maybe Jose Altuve, whose you know, matchup and price aren't really doing it for me today. Yeah. And... Tillman, as we've mentioned, has been bad enough that I'm not sure the platoon advantage would matter, you know? Right. It's okay to go righty on righty when that righty's been this bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like that pick just fine, too. That stat could do fairly well. The other guy I saw was Howie Kendrick against Heron, and again, that's just a uh, Heron's flyball pitcher. Howie Kendrick likes hitting flyball pitchers. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, how about third base? Who sticks out for you there? I have a smaller group here, so I, I do like Ner- Nolan Arenado against uh, Wilson. That's mm-hmm. uh, platoon advantage. Uh, the ballpark's not great for power, and you know his price isn't cheap, uh, but he does hit in the middle of a decent lineup, and you know there's potential for um, something, if not uh, a big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, other guys, I. Pulled out the uh, mix, include uh, Manny Machado, uh, yeah. the guy with the platoon advantage. And from what I'm hearing, Mark Burley's pitching hurt, and that's why he's looked particularly bad. Uh, he's still you know, working right around the plate, uh, getting pitches over, and uh, you know, guys are just putting him in play and getting a lot more damage than normal. Uh, yeah, I had a Machado and Arenado both. I like those options just fine for, you know, they're just good matchups for both yeah. of them. And the other guy pulled out, uh, Mike Moustakas, hitting near the top of the Royals lineup. Uh, we've talked about Nick Martinez already. It's another just solid matchup play. Mm-hmm. Um, I have those guys. I also have Luis Valbuena gets uh, Chris Heston. Mm-hmm. Cheap option, cheaper option who has his share of pop. And Chris Heston was good until recently. I had him as a field of streams pick, and it went poorly for me. And Pablo Sandoval could be fine at Paul Rands if you want a Red Sox stack. It could be a good part of that. Uh, how about shortstop? I had three options, and I'm not excited about any of them. Um, hopefully you found somebody better. J.J. Hardy, it's Mark Burley. I already feel like J.J. Hardy might break my heart this year as a DFS pick, but he's cheap, and he has some pop and can run into one, and he gets Mark Burley, you know, and he has the platoon advantage. So 
I could see him being worth your money, but I think he's also going to put up his share of 0 for fours. Xander Bogarts gets Drew Pomeranz. I really want Xander Bogarts to be better than he has been so far. And if you're going to bet on him at all, it's when he gets a lefty, you know, and he gets Drew Pomeranz, mm. but hard to be excited about that. And then Troy Tulowitzki gets CJ Wilson, which, yeah, he gets Tulo and he gets a lefty, but he's on the road and you've seen, I'm sure his walk rate has disappeared, which is not a huge thing in DFS, but it's at least a red flag that something's not going right with Tulo. <laughs> He's looking a lot more human this year. Uh, yeah. In years past, it's always been when he's healthy, he's just a machine. Uh, production, you know, through the roof. And this year, it's just not really working that way. He's looked good, but yeah. good's not what you're buying when you're trying to get 80 games out of too low. Yeah. Uh, so, him and CJ Wilson, again, he could do fine. He, he could be great, even. It wouldn't, wouldn't shock me, but it's hard to feel good about spending all that money on him. Uh, are there any other shortstops that hopefully look better for you? Yeah, I also had Tulo and Hardy. Uh, the other name I pulled out of the list is Chung uh, uh, Gung, and mm-hmm. uh, he's playing more consistently for the Pirates. Uh, that's that Sean O'Sullivan matchup in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He won't have the platoon advantage, but he has plenty of power for a position where it's a little bit rare. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can definitely see you know, good things coming out of that game if he plays. you got to make sure he's in the lineup. Yeah, that was one that Matt talked about as well, that he likes, that if he can get in the lineup, he's definitely worth attention, especially at his price. So I like that one too. Keep an eye out for him because him being in there would be helpful. Okay, and then how about outfield? You got uh, plenty of options for outfield? Oh, yeah, there's uh, plenty of options out here. Uh, a couple different stacks available. Uh, you got those uh, Padres, uh, Justin Upton, Kemp, and Will Myers mm-hmm. against uh, James Paxton. Uh, there's a Baltimore stack against Burley, uh, Adam Jones, Steve Pierce, and Delman Young. You could definitely go with a couple Marlins, like uh, Mike Stanton, uh, Christian Yelts, especially against uh, Bolsinger. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see some life from uh, Yelich yesterday. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you know, Bryce Harper's expensive these days, but he's uh, no one's hotter right now. And uh, he and Denard Spann will see uh, Ruby De La Rosa. Yeah, I I like that for sure. There's If you're going to pay for Bryce Harper, I mean... You saw what they did on Monday, you know, he's, he has plenty of potential, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's walking like crazy, like. Yeah, he's locked in right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the outfield. I had, uh, if you want some of those pirates again at, at Sean O'Sullivan, it's weird that you would avoid Andrew McCutcheon, or at least I would, you know, but Gregory Polanco and Starling Marte could do fine. It just, that's a weird concept. (laughs) It is a weird dynamic, yes. Yeah. Um, Adam Jones gets Mark Burley, which is fine, like you said, and 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 Delman Young is a nice cheap option anywhere in that uh, Orioles outfield you want to spend. They can hit lefties, you know. Um, Delman Young's going to be the cheap option, but that's when you would want him. Um, do you like the Brewers against Chris Sale, the right-handed Brewers? Carlos Gomez playing <sighs> Braun. Sale doesn't I... seem quite right either. I couldn't decide on that one. I ended up leaving it out. Mm-hmm. But that is definitely an option. Yeah, uh, It might out. even be a smart option if you're playing a tournament just because a lot of owners are still going to be wary of going against sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not ready to you know 
jump off sales yeah. band, bandwagon we'll keep, and keep an eye on it but not sold yet Coco Crisp gets Justin Masterson who definitely struggles when he gets lefties and Chris can take advantage of that Hanley Ramirez and like I mentioned Mookie Betts again yep. especially if they're not outfielders for you if they're at, you know they're at middle infield positions uh getting Drew Pomeranz is good Cole Calhoun gets Cal Kendrick I like that angel stack anybody you like in there but he's the big lefty they have Kyle Kendrick's nothing special at all. And yeah, I love that Padres outfield every time they get a lefty. All three of them. Pick, pick your, uh, pick your poison in terms of price. But Camp, Upton, and Myers can all do just fine. Yeah, I also, as for even, not even, um, outfield specific, but I just wrote down, uh, the other stacks I really like of guys that don't necessarily have the platoon advantage, but if you just need to fill in, like, Pick any Blue Jays you want against Chris Tillman, you know, like we mentioned Devin Travis, but the other guys would do just fine, for sure, if there's one you like a little bit more, if you can't find somebody at a certain position you like. Um, I also had all the Detroit Tigers against Kyle Gibson. They're, I realize they're righty-heavy and he's a righty, but they're, he's not good, you know, that could go badly, and there are Tigers I like at just about every position. And, uh, yeah, the Angels getting Kyle Kendrick. Those are all generic stacks that would be good, even without the platoon advantage. And it wouldn't bother me at all to, like, fill in with guys there if you, you know, you just want a cheap shortstop. Like, I don't love Eric Ibar or Jose Iglesias, but if you're like, oh, I really need a shortstop and I don't like any of the options we listed and, like, Shung Hong Kong isn't starting or something, grab Jose Iglesias, grab Ibar. They're going to be cheap and they could score some runs if their team blows up, you know. So keep an eye on those snacks as well. And then how about pitchers, Brad? Any pitchers stick out to you? Oh, uh, there's quite a few. I actually do this a little bit backwards. Uh, Mike Bolsinger has just a ridiculously low price tag, at least on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And when you get into that kind of situation, it's interesting. Uh, you can either, you know, try to go with that, uh, weaker pitcher, uh, bank on just a few points, but they don't have to get too much to, you know, produce value. Uh, the downside of that is you have to really spike your hitters. Uh, so you gotta really feel good about, like, an expensive stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's something out there where you, maybe it's two stacks, uh, like a Harper stack and make a Stanton stack, uh, that you wanna put together, uh, it costs a lot of money, you're not gonna be able to really afford any kind of real pitcher, uh, Bolsinger's an option there. One, um, I haven't decided how I want to approach yet is Cindergard. Uh, uh, he's up against the Cubs, who just strike out a ton. He's a strikeout pitcher. I could definitely see him going six innings with ten strikeouts. Um, at the same time, uh, we've talked about before, the Cubs have such a explosive potential in their lineup mm-hmm. uh, that it could you know, really just sink your your team at the same time. So it's yeah. a it's a tournament play. It's not a cash game play. Yeah. At the top end, I'm looking at. Uh, Chris Archer and probably Colin McHugh as my uh, you know, two favorites uh, in terms of like a high floor, high ceiling type pick. Yeah, I always love McHugh. You know, he's he's a guy I trust against anybody anytime out, and getting the Giants is not bad for him at all. Nope. Uh, the only real downside is that they're not a real strikeout heavy team, uh, so he might only get you know five, six strikeouts in the game. Uh, as long as he gets to win, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you like uh, Steven Strasburg in the desert? Uh, no, I don't. You know, Strasburg's been dealing with his uh, various issues, and 
Phoenix is just a good environment for hitting right now. The weather's going to be beautiful for power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that Diamondbacks lineup isn't nothing. You know, there's there's potential for uh, outbursts, and Strasburg's looked a little too human for me at his price. That's fair. That's fair. I liked both sides of Carrasco versus Lance Lynn, but, again, it's a tough time uh, schedule-wise to mm-hmm. pick one of them to fit into depending on where you're playing and, and what format you're in. Right. Um, but I think they're both fine. Uh, AJ Burnett gets the Phillies and I actually like mm-hmm. AJ Burnett quite a bit just cause his strikeouts raise his, his floor a bit, you know, I was looking into that one prior to us meeting up today. And there's some things in Burnett's profile that are worrying me. Uh, the whiff rates are down on pretty much across the board, all of his pitches, mm-hmm. And uh, the Phillies don't really strike out a whole lot. So it's a high-floor game just because they don't produce anything. They don't have much in terms of power. They don't really string together hits. But at the same time, you could get a really strong outing from Burnett and still only be like 12 or 13 points, which is fine. Uh, Most days you're going to be pretty happy with that. Mm -hmm. And I I was referring to uh, FanDuel points, too. That would probably be up around 20 for DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. I think he's worth attention, but, yeah, not not huge. Um, I like Anthony DeSclafani against the mm-hmm. Braves, who are also still not scary. And Jake Arrieta gets the Mets, and I just like Jake Arrieta. So I think there's options and kind of a range of guys from really risky, like Noah Syndergaard, to some more expensive ones. Like, like you said, uh, the one I like is McHugh. Mm-hmm. But but there's ways to go for uh for pitching on Tuesday for sure. And, and the one I wrote up for the daily grind today was uh Nate Uvaldi. Uh The Rays lineup is not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do strike out a fair amount. Uh, Tropicana Field's one of the best pitchers' parks today. Uh, so there's a number of factors in his favor. At the same time, he's a guy with a 96 mile per hour fastball who doesn't get good results out of that pitch, and yeah. that's confusing <laughs> to put a word on it uh yeah. it's it makes it a little hard to trust him in dfs it's another guy like uh cinder guard who i'd look at in a tournament more than a cash game yep not to make a lazy comparison which is exactly what i'm gonna do but he reminds me <laughs> of joe kelly in that way we are like why haven't why hasn't this velocity turned into strikeouts yet you know um and joe kelly has a little bit this year but the other results haven't been good but yeah, Yavaldi just throws too hard to have not struck out more guys. But I think uh, Fultonevich could uh, fall into the same kind of profile once we see more of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys that throw plenty hard but still need to be able to put batters away. You know, it's not all about velocity, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think that'll pretty much do it for us uh, for Tuesday. Brad, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so. It's, uh, we, we covered things pretty thoroughly, I think. Uh, there's a lot of stacks out there, and, uh, you know, happy hunting. Yeah, plenty to go with, uh, on Tuesday. Well, thanks, Brad. I'll be talking to you again on Thursday after I get back from Seattle. I'll have my <laughs> report, uh, from the Vetter Cup, which is still a phrase I'm, I'm way too into. I'm <laughs> excited to get up there. But, uh, Brad's on Twitter at baseball a team. 
and writes at Rotographs to the Daily Grind and everywhere else. Um, and <laughs> I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. And uh, we'd like to hear your feedback. Good to hear from people and listen uh, what you think. So, yeah, make sure to holler out to us. And other than that, I'll be back tomorrow with Matt for Wednesday's episode. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs. <laughs>